Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. Just as trends in the fashion and design industries change, gardening trends change too. They don't move quite as quickly, and some trends like manicured lawns, cottage gardens and rows of evergreens will most likely never go out of style. But sometimes we want to try something fresh and new to create a beautiful space in the garden which might better suit our lifestyles. So in today's podcast, Keith and I are going to talk or look at the gardening trends of 2023 and decide if we can use any of them in our gardens. What do you think, Keith? Mm. Well, there are some, there's some, some uh, lots and lots of things that are trending at the moment, and I guess the, one of the best ways of, of seeing what those trends are um, is by visiting the Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show, where the latest ideas and trends are actually on display there, so you can actually see them. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, but bringing it right home, I have recently inherited a garden that is very much 1980s, I think, in its style. Mm -hmm. Lots of James Sterling potosporums, golden diosmas, standard roses, clipped hedges, all that sort of thing. Now, I wish I could say that I was a fan of all those, but alas, I am not. (laughs) So the garden is crying out to be moved into the 21st century. So I need to really find out and have a chat with you about the latest gardening trends to get some ideas. What have you recently seen? in your research, in your design research? Do you do your research every year or every, I mean, every time you do a design or how does yeah, it? Yeah, I do. And, and I, I look for things that, that you can see are going to be there for a long, long time. You know, things that are not just going to stand out for, uh, you know, for the a trend, this for year. instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, and I guess looking at, looking at the jobs that um, were created at the Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show, mm. I saw that... Um, for retaining walls, they're now starting to use things like core ten steel, right. which is um, just a, 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 a maybe a, a thin steel that you can actually get up to quite high, quite high heights, mm. so you can retain quite high levels. Okay, so it's um, a thin piece of like thin, a, yeah, just thin. a just a tall piece of steel yeah. that would you know is, is a long continuation mm-hmm. um, that can be welded together, but there's an awful lot of, of, of very important structural. Um, form work that's got to be put into that. Um, our, our friend, the landscaper, Matt Phillips, did one recently for me down at Bitten, which had, had all core 10 uh, steel around it. And the reason I went for core 10 on that particular job was because the house was a contemporary style of housing. Mm. It's going it's to remain that style. Yep. So, so you, you know, you wouldn't go using core 10 steel on a, a, a very cottage. A cottage style yeah, house, cottage. for instance. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? um, and, and, of course, with that, that, that steel... Um, I see that there's an awful lot of, of use of, of laser-cut panels, uh, and I think these are going to be a very dateable product. Okay, explain. All right, well, what? so you've got a big sheet of steel, mm. and they use a laser cutter, and they cut out a pattern oh, or something that, in it. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, I mean, that's going to look absolutely yeah. tacky yeah, that reminds in, me in a few years' time. People put uh, like <clears throat> those sort of things up on against a brick wall yeah. or something as a, some yeah. sort of st- sculptural design thing. Yep. I don't like them. Sorry, people, but I don't like them much. No. Okay. What about plants? Now, have you noticed any particular plants that gardeners are excited about this year? Is there a trend more towards texture rather than colour or is it the whole kit and caboodle? I think it's the whole kit and caboodle. Probably usually is the whole kit and caboodle, <laughs> but what sort yeah, of plants no, are you looking I, at? I, I, for me, the, the, the trending plants that I like to look at and use are the new forms of perennials. 
Yep. So varieties that, that haven't been available here in Australia before. So I like, like to look at those. But, I mean, in, in terms of brand-new plants, there's not a great deal that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, suffice to say that there is a, a, a now a fair bit of work being done with Australian natives. Yes. So they're hybridising Australian natives now mm-hmm. and coming up with some really interesting forms. Mm-hmm. And one that, that I, I love and I use a lot, you know, in, in as an impact plant is a plant called Casuarina glauca cousinit. Cousinit, yes. It is just a sen- sensational looking plant. Mm-hmm. Beautiful mounding plant, and it's great. You can use it within the landscape, yeah. and have you know trunk trees coming out of it, whether they're you know they're deciduous trees or whether they're eucalypts or whatever else, coming out of these these beautiful mounds yes. of, of, of um, soft foliage. Yes. So that's probably one that I, I really do to to love as a trending plant, mm. and I don't think that'll ever go out of fashion. That mounding thing, that sort of style, that, that is a new style, isn't it? Where there's a, a landscape which would normally be flat, yeah. which people, landscapers or designers, are choosing making that sort of decision to have a, a third flowing dimension. dimension thing. That's yeah. right. It's sort of it, it's. I don't know how to explain it, but it's up and down. Yeah, it's sort it's of like floating. looking at a, looking at a, a, a sea, a, a waves. Yeah, waves a, a, a or waves a mountain water. range, yeah, yeah, a whole, yeah. whole soft rounded mountain range. So that's a bit of an architectural sort of style, mm. isn't it? It is. So th- what, I, what I've read, I've read things like the architectural simplicity, new Victorian, water wise, all different styles that people are sort of thinking or designers are looking at. Mm. Water-wise makes sense, I guess, with the uh, the environment being the way it is, and that's and, and as you mentioned, native plants. Are people like people who are coming to you for designs, asking for or requesting sort of native plants more than others, or no, no, well, no, come on. they're not, um, and they're probably not my not, not my not client, your, not, your, <laughs> not your thing. No, I mean, look, you know, I, 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 we always talk about it, and that is, you've got to do your soil, you've got to prepare your soil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, it, if you're not if you're just going to dig a hole and stick a plant in, well, good luck. Mm. So you know, I always work on the basis that you've got to you've got to put um, you know amendments into your soil, like compost and biochar and myco gold and rock dust. Mm. These things, if you put all those things, you're going to get a quicker return on the plant you've put in there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm I'm more in favour of that than looking at saying, well, it's a native plant, therefore it's going to grow, because that's not quite true either. Um, you know. A lot of native plants are from different areas, mm. and they're not indigenous. No. You know? So, but I, what I'm saying is that because of the environment, well, people thinking the environment is not. We're obviously getting hotter. We seem to be getting hotter. People are going to want to choose the more native. Well, we would think they would want to choose native plants that are that plants that are native to their area because they will thrive better in their area. On top of the fact they're obviously going to fix their soil. You know, if they're mm-hmm. intelligent, they'll do the right thing with their soil. But I would imagine that people are looking more into thinking of choosing plants that are more native to their area because they're going to go better. Well, obviously I'm wrong, am I? It's not the case that I found. No. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> because what what you have as as a better alternative are, are plants from the Mediterranean regions. Yeah. They're already they're already drought tolerant plants. Okay. You know things like Achilles and salvias. Yeah. All those are going to give you, you know, give you a much greater show and a m- more bang for your buck yeah. than, um, you know, than uh, you know a, a native plant that's going to flower for two parts of nothing, and then uh, <laughs> you, you've got the foliage. That's to look at, you know. So the Mediterranean plants, of which there are enormous amounts available now, um, you know, they just 
coming into their own, mm. along with grasses. You know, the, I'm noticing now that more and more people are starting to, to appreciate um, grasses within, the, within their landscape. Mm-hmm. You know, they fill beautiful spots. They've got this wonderful vertical foliage. Mm-hmm. And then you've got wonderful seed heads on a lot of these. Yep. And there's that many different sizes and heights and all the rest of it. It's just amazing. And the, the, the upshot of all that is, is that once those plants have, uh, have died back in the middle of winter, you can actually cut them back and they make a sensational, long-lasting mulch mm-hmm. for the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do that you know, with all my grasses every year. I cut them back in, in small pieces like oats, mm. just chop them back like oats and then just spread it out and it makes a fabulous you know, water-saving mulch. Fantastic. Know? Okay. Yeah. We'll move on from the natives and we'll yep. move into the Mediterranean. Well, that Mediterranean style is definitely one that I love and I would love to have that for my new garden. Um, so things like olive trees, fragrant herbs, bougainvilleas, yeah. things like that. I mean, I would love that. I was just thinking that I was imagining people would be requesting to have more native because they're thinking that's, you know, better, better yeah. idea at this time uh, where our environment is a little bit um, vulnerable perhaps. Mm. But you're not something that you're into, I can gather. Okay, what about vertical gardens? Are they a big thing still? No, I think they've, they'll be a, another one day. of those things that will just about have had their day um, because there's an enormous amount of up, upkeep and maintenance required on those. Mm. Um, if there's, there's, a, there's probably one manufacturer that has, has got the, the whole market covered and that's a, a company called um, Phytocell. Phytogreen? Phytogreen, yeah. Phytogreen. Phyto, uh, they use a thing called Phytocell. Mm. Um, and, and that looks like polystyrene. You're right. Um, it, it is organic. It will break down. Mm. But you've got to, with a vertical wall, you've, you've got to put an irrigation system that's running from the top all the way through and watering everything properly. Mm. And then, of course, you know, plants don't last forever. It's probably no. more for a small garden anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because you're making the most of a small garden, any area in a small garden. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Vegetable gardens are a huge thing. We all, we all know that. Yeah. And we know, I know how much you love them. The, 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 the idea of actually place, instead, instead of having your vegetables in a specific vegetable gardens, what about mixing them in with the rest of the garden? Is no, that- I think that's a great idea I, you know, and I love it. And, and what, it, what that actually does, it, by mixing your, your uh, vegetables in amongst all your other plants within the garden, mm. that has an effect on the pests because they can't hone in on what they're after because they've got so many other confusing smells and things that are out there. To compete with, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so they, those plants tend to, to, to perform a lot better in that, in that aspect. And, of course, they can look so attractive, you know, with, you know, with, um, you know five-coloured silverbeet, you know, yeah. the beautiful stems on those. They're just a standout within the garden. Mm. Or you've got the beautiful um, dark grey foliage of, say, Tuscan kale, um, you know, cavalonero. It's just a beautiful-looking leaf and it's a beautiful-looking colour. Or things like the, the, the uh, Romanesco broccoli with the beautiful spiral heads of yellow. Mm. And also um, things like the, the, the red drum, drum head, drum gold um, cabbage. Um, the drum head there is just absolutely superb. Mm. You know, beautiful purple colour of the foliage on that. So, so that, there's lots of opportunities in the that garden. That style's more of an earthly sort of style of garden, isn't it, really? It is, but, you know, it, it's, it's just great if you've got a spot that's, that's by the dormant at the moment, you can whack some vegetables in and, and you, you've got an instant you know, highlight within that garden. And it encourages pollinator and bird-friendly plants. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely not bird, it does. Birds, yeah. pollinators and birds into the garden. Yeah. And then, obviously, we've got the good soil mm-hmm. using all your organic products and weaving it all together to create a space that is teeming with life and activity. Mm-hmm. Now, another style, 
move on to net, no, style number 15, I think. Uh, creating a space to relax is in, very important to people these days. So bringing the outside in or taking the mm. out, inside out, whichever way you want to put it. Are you always – is that is something that's requested of you every time you do yes, a design? Yes, it is. And, and if, if someone says to me, look, I want a, um, an outdoor space – then I'll put the I'll, I'll I'll you know I'll comply with the, their yeah. request and, and do that. A lot of people are asking for um, areas, paved areas with with fire pits. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it, it, this and this again is just going to be a trend. I'm yeah. telling you now, um, they're going to have these spaces that have, have been specifically designed that has a, a seating arrangement around a fire pit that's in a paved area, and. Yeah. Those things are going to be used less and less and less. When we were uh, looking for a house to buy, I noticed that every single property that we looked at had a fire pit. I think it was actually superimposed into the photo because they were everywhere. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't understand why they were such a big thing, why it's so important that people have this fire pit, but I think it was just it's meant to attract people to buy houses. Yeah, it, you really know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's just one of those funny <laughs> things. It's a trend. It is a it's damn a trend. trend. And I, I have seen them where, where the, the landscapers have formed them, the seat out of, out of concrete, you know, so it's a big circular concrete seat. And, and then it sits around this paved area with a hole where you'd put the, the fire. And, you know, I think to myself, gee was in about probably about five years' time, people will say to themselves, well, I the don't want to do that, so I'll, I'll dig the hole out where the fire was and I'll put a bloody ornamental tree in there so at least I've got a, a nice tree. shaded spot and something that's going to look good in the landscape rather than be the dominant feature oh, of the right. landscape. Look you know? at the tree instead of looking at the fire. <laughs> Oh, all right. Um, what else have we got? Indoor plants. Indoor plants are massive. They're definitely – they're not showing any sign of waning. In fact, it's increasing, I think, in popularity, don't mm-hmm. you think? Yeah. There's a stream of new plants constantly coming through, and again, the trend seems to be about making the big statement. Like a, these days, it seems to be a big bird of paradise tree or a, a rubber tree or a Bismarck mm. palm or something taking over the corner of a room. Yeah. I know well, you have a massive – tree inside your house don't you yeah it's been cut back from the ceiling about four times so it does get very low look and and people think because they've got their these indoor plants indoors they don't have any problems and that's just not the case they'll get scale they'll get thrip they'll get aphids they'll get everything Mm. and and once they get those things on they bring all sorts of other little insects and things into the house for instance as soon as you've got a plant that's got aphids on it you don't notice it you've got ants coming in to Mm. uh to service the the aphids and pick up the you know the the sugars that they um excrete Mm. so you 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 start to dominate so you've got to be mindful about you know the the plants as well and you there's as much work on indoor plants as there is on plants outside if not more and of course you've got to you've got to feed them You've got to change the pot, repot them all the time because the potting mixes just not all to, the time. Well, not all the time, but you know, the potting mixes don't last forever, and they get gluggy, and mm. you know, they, they don't just they just don't do their job anymore. Um, you know, so there's, as I said, there's a bit of work involved with, with indoor plants, but they look fantastic. I was going to say they're that, great for the environment in, internally. That's you know, right. On the positive note, there, and they and they make you feel good. That's exactly you know. right. So keep them going, and just keep yeah, absolutely take take a little bit of work. Now, creating a space for a cut flower garden is one trend that I followed last year and which I think is going to grow even more in 2023. 
Having an area filled with colourful blooms that can be used to add colour inside the house mm. is so lovely. And, you know, again, mood enhancing. It makes you feel good. It does. Da- you know, things like dahlias, cosmos, peonies, daffodils, irises, marigolds. It just goes on and on forever. But I think, I mean, I'd love – I'm just doing another one here, I hope. A cut flower garden is mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, you had you had a you had a good good uh, low, ro- uh, well, a very successful run with your dahlias. Did yeah? I did, and yeah. that was and that was a one off, and that was the first time I've done it now. Yeah, yeah, um, but they were great. And they're, I mean, they're, and they're just beautiful buffy flowers. You know, I think they're, they're, like, they're just stunning in the in, in the garden. Yeah, but there are lots of other things that you know you can use as well. I mean, as I said, perennials are, are beautiful mm. plants that you can cut, and bring in the house, and the more you cut, the more you get. Exactly. You know, which is a, a great return. I said the list is endless, <laughs> and it is. It is. Okay, well, I know exactly what trend I want to follow with my new garden this year. And I, as I said, that's the Mediterranean style for mm-hmm. so many reasons. I wonder what trends our listeners might pick up now after listening to our chat on the gardening of 20, gardening trends of 2023. Thanks, Keith, and thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.